Hey, welcome everybody to NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And happy Easter to everybody out there. Yes, happy Easter. So we're going to make sure and stay away from Catholicism completely. (laughs) (laughs) Never wants to shy away from being in the moment. (laughs) <laughs> no, and it's one of those things like i've said before i mean we i did a couple of years ago i think like two years ago now um i did an episode on easter for easter um and being someone who you most people know i'm not a very religious person i still believe easter is one of the most important holidays to the catholic religion and christianity as a whole yeah so as a christian myself i can attest to the fact that outside of the birth of christ it is the most important. It is the crux of Christianity in itself. And so for those of you who are Christians out there, you understand, and I hope you understand, what an important day this is, and you celebrate it accordingly. I want to start off by mentioning some of the platforms that carry our show. We haven't really talked about them much lately because we wanted to get right into the topics. But, of course, Fringe Radio Network, our good friends over there, Johnny Boy and all the crew who does, do such a great job and are super supportive of the show. We are very thankful for them. Bach and Roll Radio, that's B-A-K-K-E-N, Roll Radio, Bach and Roll Radio.com every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And Rock Tress, that's rock and then T-R-E-S-S, Rock Tress Radio.com every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And, of course, on all the platforms who haven't canceled us, which is very, very important these days. It's amazing that we have survived on some of the platforms that we're actually on. Well, I think the one thing that I found the most is as long as you don't openly talk about, you know, medical things, um, they pretty much leave you alone. I mean, the, the second you start, you know, denying um, COVID or anything like that, which we've never de- denied that it exists, just denied that it was anything to worry about. But once you start having a full episodes on that, which we've had a couple, surprisingly, that they haven't canceled us for that. But and on my yeah. mid my midweek, I've been not nervous because I, I don't really care. I, I'm going to speak the truth anyway. But so a lot of my midweeks, I'm pretty sure they're not happy about. I do but know I, this. I, I, there's no doubt we're being shadow banned. That's a that's a stone no, cold I, I, fact. We are we are we are being being shadow banned. But but I think part of it too is you don't openly like put it in the, in the name. So I don't think they're immediately getting rid of us. True. I think if we had a YouTube channel, um, like a lot of people do, I think we we our YouTube channel will be like shut down because I think we've got you know Fringe Radio Network's YouTube channel shut down like three or four times now. Yeah, we do get emails from time to time asking us, "Hey, how come you're not on YouTube? How come you're not on on whatever Rumble or BitChute and some of these other a." It's a lot of work. That is. B, there's no way we'd have, we would have survived on YouTube. Maybe Rumble, maybe BitChute or Brighton or something. But there's so many shows out there that are, I think, are quite good. And we're radio guys. Yeah. We like the podcast form. That's what we do. And so this is where we're at and this is where we're going to be. And we both have faces for radio. Just saying. <laughs> so also to start the show, I want to bring attention to something that I think is very cool. And I'll explain why in a moment. It's not because of why this guy changed his mind. I think it's just, I think this is somebody who, like us, looks at the facts and looks at the full 
account of situations. Yes. So it was a while ago that we brought up a review by somebody. This was right after we had talked about several of the, our founding fathers. Yes. And there's a, an individual named the Liberty Warrior who wrote a, a two-star review and basically said that our podcast was an awesome show, but we decided to kind of take a dump on the founders and we had sort of lost our way and so forth. And we brought it up at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just want to report that as of March 28th, the Liberty Warrior has amended his review. I assume it's a he. I'm just going to say he. To five star and says, I'm happy to say I've changed my review from two stars to five. The guys are doing a good job. And my opinion is subject to change when new facts come. And I love that. Not that he changed yes. it to five star, but that in his mind and in, in his opinion, he looks at the facts, and it's subject to change, and we all should be. We should be. And we've said it before, too. We have that whole thing. If things, if we get new facts, we'll change our minds every time. I mean, if we get new, I mean, we won't change it. We won't stick to our guns with if new facts point us in a new direction. Well, in a nutshell, that's the whole idea of this show. Yeah. Is to present the facts as we find them, as we see them draw a conclusion based on said given facts. And as you move forward, if new facts come into light, Mm -hmm. you weigh those into the deciding factor and it might change your mind and it may not. I wanted to bring it up because we did mention it at the time when he wrote that review. And so I saw that he had changed it or she or whoever, the Liberty Warrior, and so thank you, I guess, for changing it. But again, I don't, it's, it's not the emphasis that it went from two to five. I think it was more, I thought it was very appropriate and cool what they wrote because it tells me yes. they still, they're still listening and they're also looking into things. Yeah, and they're seeing other facts. And I mean, that, that's just it. I mean, that, that's amazing. And I, and I love that. And I love that in people. I mean, we have way too many people now that get so stuck on their guns that they're like, nope, this is my belief. No matter what proof you show me, don't care. You know, and that's someone who, you know, they, they look at the new facts. Open-mindedness. We need a lot more open-mindedness in this world. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, with all of that being said, let's get into today's topic. And this is, <laughs> this is a <laughs> fascinating topic. And yes. one that's going to lead us down other rabbit holes. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to talk today primarily about what is or could be or what are the theories and conspiracy theories about the secrets and the artifacts. What exactly are these things that are in the Vatican vaults? If you're not sure what that means or what we're talking about in the vatican at the vatican in vatican city they have essentially building after building after building i don't think anybody truly knows how big these warehouses and underground tunnels and storage areas and rooms and everything how big they all are combined i could not find anything that even gave a suggestion to it other no. than the library. 
Yeah. The library, I heard there's like 50 miles of shelves in the library. Right. But we're not talking, we're talking secret archives, you know, and the secret archives, which they've admitted exist. Yes. They've very much admitted they exist. So it's not like we're just making up that, oh, we think they have these. They've admitted flat out that the secret archives are there, but nobody knows how big they are. And or what exactly is in there. And here's the thing. The Vatican, over time, has chosen different periods of history to, quote, open up certain segments of the vaults, primarily in the book region. So you could, if you knew exactly what you were looking for, you could show up. Uh, sometimes you had to be credentialed. Sometimes you had to be on a long waiting list. But you, would, you couldn't just go in and randomly wander around no. like a library and go, hmm, what's this book about? Hmm. You had to specifically say, I'm looking for this document, this book, these pages. And they typically generally wouldn't even bring you the book. Or if they did, it was behind glass and somebody would turn the pages for you. They would bring you like a microfiche copy or a photocopy of said passage or passages and who knows if they've been edited or not yeah i mean and they have been i mean most time they, they a lot of them they i mean you know they have been the the, the our vatican isn't going to let certain information get out there so before we get into what exactly is in are in the vaults let's just talk about the vatican itself for a moment because i would imagine most people who are listening to this have heard of the Vatican, they've heard of the Vatican City, but how much do you really know about the place? And this is going to be an entire show or two at some point because there are a lot of mysteries yeah. around just the Vatican and the, the church and the courtyard and the structures and all that stuff, but that's not where we're at today. The Vatican is basically in a landlocked, quote, city-state and it's in the southern Europe. It's bordering Italy. And according to this, as being surrounded entirely by Italy makes Vatican City not only landlocked, but also one of just three enclave countries in the world. It's also completely surrounded by the Italian capital city of Rome. And that's how most people know it. It's a city within yeah. a city. It's actually a yep. country within a city within a country. Yeah. So that's the thing is the Vatican is its own country it is the world's smallest independent state it has the world's smallest population of any independent state the vatican city is the obviously the uh, is where the pope hangs out that's where his residency is it's only 2.1 miles around the the border so yeah, you can literally you can just walk, walk around take your dog for a walk the uh, every day and just surround the city you could walk the whole city, like, all the way around in 45 minutes. There is currently only one pet in the entire Vatican City, and it's a dog. Hmm. Just one. Just one. They only allow one pet, one dog? Yeah, that's all that's there, according to uh, multiple sources that I read. Uh, of course, the most famous site is St. Peter's Basilica. Whose dog is it? That would be my question. Is it the Pope's? I don't think so. I think it's just the city's dog. From oh, what it was I one saw. of those, like the dog got in, the dog became everybody's dog. It's just like the city dog. I believe huh, so. I found this interesting. So St. Peter's Basilica, which is the big, huge 
famous church that's there. Covers 3.7 acres. It is 646 feet long. It took 120 years to complete. But it is not the largest church in the world. I always assumed it was. I did too. The largest one is Our Lady of Peace of Yamasukro, which is in the Ivory Coast. Hmm. And I've never heard of that one. I mean, I'm not Catholic, but I've never heard of that church. I haven't either. St. Peter Basilica is built on top of the tomb of St. Peter, which is believed to contain the remains of Peter the Apostle. The Vatican City is also known as Holy See, S-E-E, the name given to the government of the Roman Catholic Church, which is led by the Pope as the Bishop of Rome. Yeah. And I think everybody knows it's also the home of the Sistine Chapel. Uh, it's just one of two countries in the entire world there where divorce is illegal, which is weird because I what? didn't think anybody there could get married. Well, I, well, I don't think that was one thing I found. There is the bishops, there is the pope, um, but they do have, I think, also like the the people who assist the bishops and the pope. And they live um, there. Also, they live in the city. I think so. It's pretty much because uh, that was something I was reading. That pretty much the only way you could have a resident uh, live in the city and be you know have a residency or whatever um, is to have a job there. So you if be you employed. lose your job, you yeah. If you lose your job in the in the, in the you know, you lose your your residency. You're kicked out. Out the gate you go. Yeah. So you lose your job. You lose like your citizenship. The only way to have citizenship is to have a job in the country. You lose your job. You lose your citizenship. Get out. A couple of other things that I thought were interesting. One set off alarm bells, and we'll definitely talk about this on a future show. Is that the entire Vatican City, the whole thing? is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Oh, making it the only UNESCO. it's the only country in the world to be entirely a site of UNESCO. Hmm. That I UNESCO's found UNESCO's all fine. It's all fine. No problem with UNESCO. <laughs> I found that to be quite alarming, honestly. That is very alarming actually. But that that's one of the ones that I think at some point we have to really go down and talk about what I think you have in a couple of midweeks, haven't you? I've Gone. I, I've dipped my toe into the water with UNESCO as far, and it was actually in dealing with other things. I've brought them up several times, but we should do a deep dive on UNESCO because UNESCO, what they are telling the world that they are doing is quite opposite of what their mission's goals and what they're actually doing behind the scenes. And who, who set up UNESCO, who runs UNESCO, who funds UNESCO, it's a that deep rabbit hole happen. and none of it's good. You know, company, no organization is going to tell you what they're doing and then lie. (laughs) Not this day and age. (laughs) No, (laughs) not our government and everybody else. So, yeah. Now let's getting into now where we're going to go down this rabbit hole, because one of the things that's at the Vatican is the Vatican Apostolic Library. And it contains a collection of around 150,000 manuscripts and 1.6 million printed books. According to this, it is one of the world's richest manuscript depositories and contains 53 miles of shelving and an underground vault known as the bunker. And that's where we find ourselves today. 
because the bunker is very mysterious. And is it just one bunker? How big is the bunker? Where does the bunker go? Does the bunker have offshoots? This is what we're going to talk about today because there are lots of theories, lots of people who claim to know, lots of people who claim to have seen just exactly what's hiding down there in the bunker and in the Vatican vaults. And obviously the first one that's going to come up are all kind of uh, religious artifacts. Oh yeah, that they have all sorts of stuff. That they have everything. So I did kind of a list of what I found of religious artifacts that are supposedly supposedly down there. One is the. Bones. I mean, reading the list could just be the rest of the episode. Well, I mean, I'll, sure I'll give some. I'll give some highlights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bones of Saint Peter are one. Yeah. The cross that that one's just creepy. Yeah. Well, there's. I don't know if they're the actual photos. But well, the weird part is when they talk about the bones of Saint Peter, they built it over his tomb so did they go into the tomb and take them i've read different things i've read that the bones are still down there lying in state in the tomb and others i've heard that they they grabbed the bones sealed up the tomb and that they have the bones you know in some area that's air controlled so they don't disintegrate so i have also read that there may be the cross that christ died on the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant, some of Noah's Ark. Like, well, they can't find it. <laughs> Jesus' foreskin. Wow. The crown of thorns that Jesus wore during his crucifixion. The non-degraded body of Christ. Those are just some of the, that I thought were the most bizarre. That is kind of bizarre. That is kind of bizarre. No, I do like, like, I, I wrote a couple of they talked about Noah's Ark. One of them said that they had part of it. Another one said they had the whole damn Ark. I saw that too. And if you go back and do the dimensions of Noah's Ark, and there's somebody, I believe it's in Kentucky, if you look it up, there's an individual who has recreated, according to the biblical dimensions, the entire Noah's Ark. It's like a theme park type thing. Yeah. And it's real. You can go visit it. You look it up, Noah's Ark, United States. I think mm-hmm. it's in Kentucky or something like that. It's massive. I've seen photos of it. It's huge. So in order for the Vatican to have something that size down in the bunker, we're talking wow. miles of huge warehouses, if that's the case. I mean, maybe. Well, maybe they have it down there and all the other stuff is in the Ark. That's true. Or maybe there's just a huge portal underneath there and they just put it in a in the through the portal and it's in a whole nother place. Okay. Well now you're gonna have to explain that because you've opened the portal, uh <laughs> the portal thing. I did open the portal on that one. Um that's been another huge one that I kept running into that there's two thoughts on this that either it's built where it is because there's a stargate underneath it, or the other one is that the Stargate that in Iraq, which we talked about right in the like our second or third episode that's on here. Yes. We talked about the Stargates, that the whole war in Iraq was over a Stargate, that they did get that Stargate and then they put it underneath there. But a lot of people think that it was either there or there's portals. Like when we talked about, you know, the, the people that are disappearing in the national parks, that there's portals 
and one of the biggest portals is under the Vatican, and that's where they built it there. And that a lot of this stuff that they're taking, why they can store so much in such a small place, is because they can put things through this portal and put it in a whole another place, whether that be another dimension, another place. They're using the Stargate to go to another planet, whatever planet system. that they're going to and solar system whatever and they're storing them over there and that's why they're able to take all this so there's a whole thing that that's why it is specifically and that's why they fought so hard that it needs to be right there so my question then to follow logic if these when we talked about the missing i think it was missing 411 the was that the episode where people are disappearing in the national forest and that is a thing you look it up it's a real thing it is and so one of the theories is that they stumbled across uh, portals or whatever do the portals lead then to the vatican like so if they go through the portal they walk up and find themselves in the vatican is that what the assertion is here? a lot of the theories is that the the portals go to different places mm-hmm. possibly in the different places or they all lead to like one world or different worlds i mean there's a lot of weird things that's why a lot of people think why we've never found bigfoot bigfoot goes in and out of the portals like the, and that's why it's the missing 411 why we have these huge national parks that seem like in places like this would be a great place to put a city, but they're like, nope, there's a national park here. You can't do anything because we know there's portals in there. So we're protecting those portals, you know, and that's the Vatican. They found one of the biggest portals and just put the Vatican right at the top. So the Vatican can use it and go anywhere they want. If all of a sudden, Hey, you know, you have the Ark of the Covenant. It's in Germany. Well, we want it. Go put it in one of the portals and we can go get it from there. Hmm. Interesting. So the portals go different places, and I'm from one of the other things I was reading that the the what really is in the secret archives is the secret archives. All it really is is a map of the portals. I have I've I've heard that I've heard it's actually same same scenario. However, it's in the, the whatever the library with amongst all <laughs> the books that actually a lot of the books are the either secrets or the maps or like you said, the codes or whatever to said portals or next dimension or to where these things actually are. They may not be in the basement or in this bunker that they're located around the world. Yeah. Or the in the world. The portal to go to all these places. Right. And they figure so out a way never, to teleport yeah. to them. Yep. And they just use the portals to go get them, go to them. They're hidden all over the world and everywhere so that, they're not in just one place. So if there ever something like in the, the episode where I talk about the Library of Alexandria, so if the there was ever a bomb or something went off in the, the you know, the the Vatican, it wouldn't destroy everything. So one I did find that well, there's lots I found that are interesting, but this one particularly, especially being a Christian, I found this interesting because the re- and the reason I find it interesting is because there's no definitive anything with the supposed secret supposedly the vatican has this recorded conversation between emperor nero of rome and saint paul it's not an audio Mm -hmm. recording it's a transcribed or something yes and according to several accounts that if this is true potentially depending on the conversation's contents it could and this is everyone's assertion, theoretically either undeniably confirm the existence of Jesus as a historical person or disprove his entire existence and establish him as being purely fictional. Either way, which would rewrite history as we know it. However, I would, I would, I'll just say I'll refute that because there are lots of accounts of people who were not 
followers of Jesus at the time that he was on earth, as you did in your Easter, who recorded that he was there. He was a real person. Yeah. But regardless, to have a transcript or to read a transcript of Nero and Paul, that'd be fascinating reading. But I mean, and the one thing that a lot of people worry is maybe there's something in there that might prove his existence, but proves something else something else along with it yes and that's what they're worried about it might prove that hey he did have children he was married to mary magdalene yeah. and that's where a lot of you know people think that you know which we talked about in the knight's Templar is the whole idea that the you know there's a whole bloodline right there's another story there's another side of the story that wasn't got that wasn't let to be out there that doesn't fit you know, the narrative. Right. So they don't want you to know about that other side, which I'm not saying there is or there isn't. I mean, we've gone through a couple of things now where we've talked about the possibility of that bloodline. The one thing they mentioned, too, is one of the things that, you know, in going down this, I did some other rabbit holes on, you know, Jesus is the whole thing where they talk about when he did the the water to wine. Yeah. At a wedding. Well, it was his first miracle. It was his first miracle. First recorded a lot of people miracle. wonder. Why was he? At, why were they even at that wedding? It would have been either Mary's family, which would mean that he has aunts and uncles and cousins, so his bloodline on her side would still exist. Or others actually say, why would they be so worried about the wedding unless it was his? Yeah, I've read those theories too. So very interesting theories. I mean, no proof to either one, but no. it, it takes you down a whole rabbit hole. That in that thing, if that if Peter mentions like that he was married to Mary Magdalene or something of that way, it would, how, what do you think that would do to the the Christian religion? I don't think in my mind, because like I said, I'm not hugely into it, that it changes a whole lot. He still performed all the miracles. He still returned, you know, came from back from the dead. He still resurrected. It just means he wasn't. I think the, it would rocket in the way. I don't think it would change anything about the ultimate story of, no. Birth, death, resurrection. That wouldn't change. What would change, I think, would be everyone would be would be upset that they had been lied to and not given the full story, which has a lot of connotations. It does. And I think part of what that does, too, is I think for the, the Catholic religion and what they worry about is if something like that did come out, it might make people... It would destroy still- the Catholic Church. It would destroy the Catholic Church, but I don't think it would destroy Christianity. No, that wouldn't happen. And it would not destroy Christianity. It would just change your view on it a little bit that, oh, maybe the Catholic Church and the whole idea of priests and not having, you know, getting yes. married, you know, being celibate like Jesus was. Well, Jesus wasn't. Right. And it destroys the whole out idea of the Catholic Church. But I think Christianity, because Christianity isn't based on that. Christianity is just based on his miracles and everything else he did. It would not destroy Christianity. Catholicism, though. Out the Catholicism would be done. And we're not saying that's the case. We're saying, we're saying that's a theory that's theories. out there. And those are theories that are out it. there. Did you read about the chronovisor? Oh, God, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, you know, and maybe that's the other one. I, I freaking love the chronovisor. I want to look at the I want a chronovisor. The, the chronovisor, it was uh, Father Francois Brunet, or Brun, B R U N E. Yeah. Um, in a book in 2002, uh, Le Nouveau Mystère du Vatican, uh, he said the coronavirus is a, is a device that is rumored to have been created and owned by the Vatican. The device was theoretically built by the world's greatest scientists in the 50s. The project was theoretically funded by the Vatican for unspecified reasons. 
the device is said to work like a pair of glasses and were worn up against the face. And it was theoretically able to view events from the past. So you could go back and view like you'd be watching a movie, kind of like now on a VR headset. You'd be looking at the, where these glasses I've seen if they were glasses. I've also seen it was like a little viewer that you re- leaned down into and looked into. These were you know, the original like, VR glasses. Yeah. And he they claimed, took you back this guy, this author guy could, claims to have gone back and watched the crucifix crucifixion. Yeah. yeah. Like literally watched it, went back and watched. like you couldn't go back and you couldn't like touch anything. You couldn't change. You would just be like, we were watching a movie. Yes. You go back, you watch a movie, there's nothing you could do, there's nothing you could touch, nothing you could change. They didn't even know you, you were there. Back. You were just no. watching it almost like a reenactment or something. Yeah. But it was supposedly you, in real time. And you could watch it. So, And you can watch these events and see things in reality. But it's one of those things. For one, they worry if it got into the wrong hands, you know, it could cause problems. And once again, I think this is another one where Catholicism, if, if these got into the hands of the, anybody who wasn't in the Vatican, they would be able to go back and show the evil of the Catholic Church, oh, easy. which we've gone through. Enough. There's so much evil in the Catholic Church. Yes. Anything that is man-made or human-ran will yes. have evilness in it. Absolutely. What I would, So I tried to look this up. Kind of, I sort of went like a side hole on this thing because it fascinated me. Apparently, they said there was only one that was ever built. And yeah. the Catholic Church, when they realized that it actually worked and they had funded it and everything, they dismantled it, shut it down. And so what they actually have are all the pieces. It's not together. You would have to put it together. Yeah. But what I want to know and I couldn't find was how did it operate in the sense of how do you dial up a certain time? We, I don't know if you remember, Land, know remember Land of the Lost where they would like put a date in mm-hmm. and then it would shoot them off to wherever and we've seen sci-fi movies where well like back to the future you put a date in you take off you you hit the flux capacitor and you're gone yeah i was just curious how this machine and i could not find anything and so i this book is obviously it's in french and i can't find a translated version yeah because i wonder if it's in the book it might be and i mean the one thing is too from what i understood you could also take pictures so supposedly there's that picture that was taken with the coronavirus visor coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> the chronovisor of Jesus on the cross being crucified. I don't know how you would verify that though. I don't know. My biggest worry on it, he looks I mean, I've seen some there there is a picture in some of the ones that I found that are supposedly pictures through the coronavisor visor, and I'm like, those people look way too white. If that's the case, it was done by some of our modern-day televangelists because to them, yes. everybody in the Bible were lily white. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you really look at history and look at anything like geologically-wise and history-wise, anybody in that part of the world at that time would not look like a skinny version of me. No. Just saying. Mm-mm. No. No, they didn't look like Nordic, Nordic gods. No. They didn't have long, blonde, or brown blonde flowing hair and they probably didn't have really nice cropped beards and all all the things that we see the paintings and the renditions completely that's just a complete artist rendering uh, and it's nonsense truly they would look like jewish people and most likely a little darker than the like the the ones that we see around here i mean it would be a much that area of the world i mean 
was in the middle of the Middle East. Right. Even 2,000 years ago, still would have looked more like that. But yeah, so it's one of those things. I mean, the coronavirus is, it's a fascinating. I mean, the one thing you got to think about, if you could use the coronavirus and go look at one event, where would you go? That's too, I would have to think long, really long and hard about that. Because there are been so, so many, so, so many events and historical meetings and backroom deals and things that I, I don't know that I, I mean, if I had to pick one, I may go back to, I don't think I'd go back to the crucifixion. I would want to watch the resurrection. Yeah. That's probably what I would want to watch. So what are those ones? It takes a lot of thinking because, of course, first thing that comes to your mind, you think of something, you know, recent, you know, like JFK. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that'd be an interesting one to see. I mean, you know, did Hitler really, you know, off himself? Yeah. Or did he escape? I'd want to know that. I mean, there's so many. If I had the coronavirus, I'd be like, you know, give me like three years and then you can have it back because yeah. I'm going everywhere. Can you peek into Area 51? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all kind of things. There's so many things I'd be like, just let me go back. I mean, did, you know, did the president really meet with aliens back in the 50s? Yeah. What 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 happened at the Illuminati meetings when it was an actual yeah. the Bavarian Illuminati? You know, like, are we way off on that? You know, and that's just, were they just a bunch of guys sitting I mean, around drinking beer and making up stuff or were they actually serious? There's so many ideas. It's one thing I would say anyone who's listening right now, send us an email. Let me know. Where would you go? Yeah, that would be fascinating. I okay. want to know where you guys would go. If you could if you could see one thing where you can't you can't involve yourself, but you could at least watch it. What event would you want to go see? So the next one up, there's a couple that I think kind of go together. One is the secret of Fatima. Yeah. And if you don't know I think they're full of it. Yeah, if you don't know about the the secret of Fatima, there was there's a city of Fatima and these young shepherd children, there's three of them supposedly saw lots of visions, several visions from the Virgin Mary. There's supposedly some miracle that was going to involve the sun. The first secret, they saw the fires of hell and all the souls down there. And the second vision they saw world war one was going to end, but second world war would almost certainly start soon. And the third secret, yeah, was, uh, Supposedly going to be kept secret until the year 2000. Well, it was kept secret for whatever, but they never said why. They just yes. kept it a secret. That's what I meant. It, yeah, was, it was being kept secret until the year 2000. Well, and they had a thing where basically they, most things I read is they were told that they could open it in the 60s, in 1960. Right. But nobody did. I mean, well, they, because apparently, apparently they were. So the the Pope opened it. He saw it. Yes. And and every pope got to see it, but they all decided, nah, it's too much for you to know. Which is, I mean, that's the whole basis was that it's supposedly about the persecuted church and the persecution that's coming of Christians, and it's too horrible to mention they didn't want everyone to get flipped out and freaked out. Yeah. But in reality, that's already in the Bible. You can read that. According yeah. to them, there was a, a time and date or something on it. But supposedly they still have this secret hidden somewhere down there in the archives but yeah i'm with you i think the whole thing was nonsense however maybe not so because some people claim that the the devil has been captured 
and is being held underneath the Vatican. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is, is that so these kids saw what was happening or what was coming. They have the devil down there. And the reason, this is what I read a theory, the reason they didn't want to open is because it would give the devil hope because he, right now he doesn't know when he's going to get out, but there is a time coming he will be unleashed. Yeah. Right? And when he unleashes, he's going to do mass persecution. I don't buy any of this, by the way, but this is the theory. Well, it's one of those things because the whole idea with the miracle involving the sun was that was one where they kept telling him, hey, you will have proof that we are seeing this. And there was, and what was it, July? Because it was the 13th of each month that they they would go see the Virgin Mary. And it was July of 1917, I think, where it was a bunch of people like, okay, we want to see the proof. And all of a sudden... The, one of the girls pointed to the sun, and the sun started dancing in the sky, came closer, was moving all over the place. Could and that alien. was their proof. Yeah, it was probably an alien. But that was their proof that they really were, because nobody else could see the Virgin Mary, but they could. Yeah. That might have and been then, Project Bluebeam, by the way. It could have been. But, you know, first first attempt at it. But that third secret, when they came out in 2000, for years, they kept saying, for 40 years, they're like, oh, no, this is too much. Too much. Can't too re- much. Can't we can't tell it. you this. And then it comes out, and you're like, what it, it was a whole thing of basically popes walking or you know bishops walking up a hill and being shot yeah and it's like then they were like oh it was it was talking about pope john paul the second and his assassination attempt but that was also once again why did you wait another 15 years after that well and apparently it was also that that was the that was going to signal the beginning of the unleashing of the up the devil yes and also because they, because and then him being unleashed on whatever the world would begin this reign of persecution of christians and so they wanted to keep that secret because i think i'm gonna guess the reason they didn't put that out there is because some nut job would uh would do the job early Oh, probably. Right. Well, then the whole thing was, too, is they were supposed to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Right. And, of course, John Paul, right after he was shot, did this. But then it's like, still, why did it take you years? Because now, now it proved that we stopped it from happening is what part of what it is. But it's still, I mean, when they come out with that, I mean, that's not a huge. I mean, like you said, it says in the Bible that Christians are going to be persecuted and everything's going to be bad. It's going to suck. Let's go straight then, to Revelation. Yep, and then you're going to get your, your just rewards. Yes. But that's right in the Bible. So everything that they're talking about, that third secret, is, there's another. Because there's also proof that whoever delivered the third secret to the Pope from the, the one surviving member of the, the three children, who became a nun, by the way. Yep. He said that he basically looked, could see through the, the envelope, and it was like 26 lines. And what they released was like 60 Hmm. So they added to so it. They added to it, and it's a whole different... My guess is they added to it and changed the entire thing. Could have. I'm thinking what was really in there was a lot more devastating to the Catholicism once again, and they're protecting Catholicism. If we could get into the vaults and see the real deal, that might answer some questions. Yeah. So among all the books that are down there, and like you said, was it 53 miles of books... And yeah, I, something like that. I love to read. I'm a huge advocate having a physical library of actual books. That's even too much for me. Yeah. But 
There are some books and some manuscripts in there that I find fascinating. And one is this grand grimoire. I want that. This book <laughs> is... I want to read that one. I would love to read it, and I probably shouldn't want to. No. <laughs> you shouldn't. Because it was supposedly possessed by the devil himself. It's a medieval and, book that is be, uh, believed to possess immense powers. Yes. It was written in the 16th century by Honorius of Thebes, and he claimed to be possessed by Satan. He yep. claims he, it, he wrote it yeah, while he was possessed by Satan. Supposedly. Exactly. In this book, it has instructions on how to make magic talismans and amulets, how to make magic spells, and even how to summon demons. However, most alarmingly, it even offers instructions as to how to summon the devil himself and make a deal with him. Now, according to this article and other articles, it says there have been many copies made after the original was published. However, only the Vatican has the original unaltered copy. Some claim that the others are fake or have been altered to make them worthless. Other claims that all copies have some power, but the original copy owned by the Vatican is still the most powerful. And that is probably the truth. Probably. They I probably took enough out of it when they copied it just to make sure that it wasn't going to be powerful. It, it reminds me of the book that I basically where my, my you know Instagram handle comes from is Mr. B. Mr. B Gone is a book that supposedly, you know, which is amazing the idea he did this. And I think he may have got this from the Grand Grimoire, a book that was written by a demon because of the demon trapped in the book. And that's the whole idea of the Grand Grimoire is it's a dream. It was either written by a guy who was possessed by the devil and, you know, wrote how to, you know, get demons. And there's a demon and still in the book and the book is possessed itself. And that to me would be fascinating. Oh, it would be not that I want to summon the devil, the devil or any no. of the demons, but and I don't think just by reading something, I'm not a believer in that. That if you actually read something, that something bad or good happens no. based on just reading words on a paper. I, I don't think so. I, I do believe occasionally, um, if you read it out loud, that can have different. I think it also depends on your intention, your mindset, yes. your attitude, your wishes, your will, and your desire in doing that. So if I'm just, let's say I'm reading it out loud to my wife or to my friend yeah. or to you, I'm like, hey, Brandon, check this out. And I just read words on a page and it's something about the devil coming to be. I can't, I don't believe that's going to happen. No. But I think, like you said, intention and everything else in it, which I think is one of those things in the world. I mean, whether you believe in religion or not, I think whatever we speak into the world and intention that we put into the world comes back to us. And I think the same thing would happen there. If you, you read that with the intention of summoning the devil, whether you really did or not, but if you believed you did and you had the intent to, that it would change your mindset and your life. I did find it interesting that the Vatican archives used to be called and was originally called the Vatican Secret Archives. Mm -hmm. and, and then they named it that. Yeah, and it was uh, in 2019 that Pope Francis changed it. Some other things that are in there that aren't as that we know about. So just let's it's not all conspiracy theory. There's a letter from a Mary Queen of Scots. You had the Catholic Church Church's excommunication of Martin Luther, the minutes and the trials against the Knights Templar. Notes from the trials against Galileo, letters from Michelangelo, Henry VIII's request for the annulment from wife Catherine of Aragon, which they denied, by the way. <laughs> yeah. 
and all kind of other things. They have this. Now I'm on their Catholics website, and they have they say they have a study room, bunkers and warehouses. That's on their page. Bunkers and warehouses. Special school of paleography and applied criticism. They have a no, the noble floor, the Shekinah rooms, Tower of the Winds. They have archives from first century BC, 11th through the 13th, and on and on and on it goes. Just And one of the things they do there that I think is really cool is they take a lot of the old books and the old manuscripts that they have. They have an entire team that all they do is just restore it. They work on restoring yeah. these things. And I would say also changing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there's some of that going on. Also, yeah. getting into some of the things we've talked about, it is believed that they have a copy, a full copy, of the Illuminati's record of world history from the future. What? Yes. It says uh, the Illuminati supposedly has control of who holds most official Vatican positions. And that at some point they wrote a book and I'm looking at the cover right here and it is the world history, the Illuminati's record of the world history written from the future. The Illuminati has this power, according to this, that they are able to see what's going to happen without human intervention, meaning that they can see future events and Interestingly enough, even in this, it points out that if that is in fact the case, they have allowed countless tragedies. Yeah. I mean, if that is the case, they have. I mean, if they can see in the future and see this stuff, they knew it's going to happen and they let it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And by proxy, then, therefore, also the Catholic Church. Uh, also, going to some topics that we've talked about before is people believe, a lot of people believe this that there are buried remains of extraterrestrial life. Yep. According to this, an excavation crew discovered some skulls in 1988, and even the Catholic archdiocese questioned the existence of aliens and what that means for the religious doctrine. Some claim that Pope John Paul II knew about all the aliens and agreed to participate in a massive conspiracy to hide the truth. And that they actually have some of these skulls and other things, but primarily skulls of extraterrestrial beings, and they're locked away down in these secret vaults slash bunkers. Now, I don't know if that's just straight up conspiracy theory or attributing it to it, but I ran across that in almost every article I read about what's a, what may be down there, and this was a very consistent topic I, do you know why is there is there any proof anything i don't know if there's any proof but i think it comes down to one of the things like another thing that kept coming up was the giants um that they took all the giants the evidence of giants because the the aliens i get because once again it makes catholicism look like they're lying if aliens exist that you know could easily make it look like some of the stuff that we believe in catholicism isn't correct um giants proves honestly in a lot of ways because it proves the nephilism and everything else and you know um david and goliath all of that's proven with giants so i don't know why they'd want to get rid of those but it's the same idea of, of hiding them because it, i think it proves in a way that they're not they're 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 lying to us in some way i did read that a lot about the giants 
uh, the bones of the giants and evidence of giants. And I don't, I'm not sure mm-hmm. why that would, because giants are mentioned in the Bible. I don't know yeah, why like they said, would. It proves. Yeah, I don't know why they would feel the, the need to hide that. I would think they would want to display it because it actually yeah. gives credence to the Bible. Did you read yeah, about or did you find out about the silver hammer? Did you hear about the silver hammer? No. <laughs> I didn't see that one. So this one might explain a few things. The Camerlingo of the Holy Roman Church uses this silver hammer to help determine whether or not the Pope has passed. As tradition dictates, if there's reason to believe that the Pope is gone, meaning if he's died, the Carmelingo calls him by name. When there's no reply, they tap this Carmelingo, the silver hammer, on the Pope's forehead. They do that three times if necessary. If there's no response by the end of this ritual, the Pope is officially declared deceased. And apparently the silver hammer dates back to early, early, early days of the Catholic Church. Wow. So it's almost like a death test. I don't know that it has any secret powers or anything, but I find it odd that it, they're using the same one. It's not like it gets replaced along the way. It's the silver hammer, this Carmelingo. Hmm. That is an interesting one. That one, I didn't see that one. I did find one. Did you see the one where they talked about having all the paintings of the real Jesus? I did see that, yes. That they're hidden and they think that they're, the Jesus that we see now is uh, based off the, the face of a Cesar Borgia. So that that's what the one that we see now, but the real paintings of Jesus that would show the real version of Jesus, because like it says, unlike what is taught in Sunday school, Jesus was a Hebrew who lived in the mountainous regions of northern Israel. Therefore, he almost certainly would have looked more Middle Eastern yes. than what is often portrayed, like we've mentioned before. I even have, when I do comedy, I have a set where I talk about that. I'm like, you know, do, do some geography and look at the, you know, figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I did read... This, or I found this, I thought this was kind of weird too. The galley of the bust in the Vatican. It's a, uh, so there's this galley, it's called the galley of the bust, and it's not the bust you're thinking about. These are, you know, what's, you know, my brain. Yes, I do. So these are obviously, these are the, from the shoulders up statue, bust, the statue. The weird thing about these things though. And this is, uh, I guess, heading into the, the secret vaults or something. I'm not, equi- I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, all of these heads that are put up here on display, every single eyeball are blank. It's just the whites of their eyes. And according yeah. to a lot of people, the people have a very disconcerting experience while walking past these busts because they're, are, they're empty and their soulless eyes seem to not only stare, but to follow the visitors. Ooh. So you're walking down this That's corridor cool. with all, with, you know, on both sides with all these, these busts, and they're all just, they don't have any, pu- they don't have any irises. They, it's just blank eyes. And a lot of people say it's super creepy, and it seems like they're following you as you, as you walk on by. Well, I mean, that, that is super creepy. But, I mean, it really goes to show, I mean, really, if you think about it, I mean, how many shows... You know, in movies, TV shows and stuff, do they, they portray someone who's been de- possessed and demonic as their eyes turn fully black with no pupils? Right. I mean, that could be it and goes to the thing where they a lot of people have said that they think the Catholic Church is actually demonic. 
Yes. And, and that, that, that is devil. one of the things they brought up in there was this idea that, and it also could be like we've seen the things with the lizard people. Yep. Where their eyes change. Okay, or, we're back or to aliens. the lizard or... Yeah, the aliens um, that have the blank look eyes. Yep. And maybe they're telling everybody something as they're, mar as they're walking in or as they're walking around there. They're telling us that we're ran by the new lizard order. But <laughs> so the, the other one, like I said, is the whole demonic idea that the, the, the Catholic Church at some point was taken over by the by Satan himself. And that he actually lives in the Vatican and runs the church from the Vatican. And I, others that actually believe that, he, that the church on the other side stayed is not demonic, but they have trapped Satan, like you mentioned earlier, in the church, right. in, in St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah, that he's down in the, the bowels of yeah. it somewhere. Uh, on a side note, because we talked about this, the minutes of the trials of the Knights Templar, and we just came off of that series. This uh, trial, it started in 1307, and... The scroll containing the minutes of the trials is 197 feet long. 60 meters. That's a long freaking scroll. <laughs> That's what I thought. I Hopefully it was several different people taking turns doing the notes on that. I would hope so, because I just get a hand cramp thinking about it. It would still be interesting to go through it. Oh, it would be. It would be amazing to go through it and see what they said. I mean, the other thing you run into, too, is a lot of people don't really think about this. They think about, you know, exorcism and how, like, oh, the Catholic Church doesn't. No, they had full-on exorcists. So Father Gabriel Amarth, who conducted thousands of exorcisms and lived in the Vatican, um, supposedly at some point talked to the devil himself at yes, one point in his career. I have read many accounts of that guy. And the Catholic Church to this day still does. Yeah, and they commissions exorcisms. exorcisms. There are actual priests, and that is their job. They are exorcism yep. specialists or exorcism priests, and uh, that's not a job I would want. No. So to come full circle, what I found interesting, too, is <laughs> that there's also a notion, and a lot of people think this may be more likely the truth, although I'm, I'm not sharing this, that in the Basilica, in the secret archives, in the bunker, and all of the stuff, it's basically just books, and that's it. That there's really yeah. nothing there. Not one thing. Yeah. No secrets, no archives, no gold, no, no. no devil. And some, of, no some think that there's no secrets... And except for the fact that like there might be stuff because there's so many books that there's stuff they just haven't got to yet. But it would make sense too because if you know Catholic history, there was definitely a time where, and several times in history, where they have not been above board with the people and have done bad things. And part of the Catholic Church's power was this sort of mysticism of we know this and we're here to present to you the truth of the church. Yeah. Most people couldn't read. They, you know, the church was this big, huge, grand structure. It was ominous and intimidating and such, and the pageantry and the robes and everything. And so there was this, I guess, sort of an idea that if you 
gave folklore or if you told tales of we have oh we have all these things and you wouldn't believe it and it's it's very mysterious and on and on and on that that was part of the power play to sort of rein in people like in the middle ages and during the crusades and all these things almost like a fear factor thing yeah I don't know that we'll ever know. I don't know that, um, I, I, well, I know in my lifetime, unless somebody else gets in there, takes pictures, and they open it up, which, or they open it up to the public, which is never going to happen, I'm probably never going to know exactly what's in there. No, no, no. I, I don't think we will either. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, it's going to be, something amazing is going to have to happen for them to open it up to, to the public. I, I mean, I do church, hear that they've been I think they've the Catholic Church would have to crumble. I, I think... Yes. Somebody went there was World War Three. Somebody went in and invaded Italy and took over. And then just instead of going through like most museums and places and destroying everything, they threw the doors open and said, come see what's in here. Yeah. Come figure it out. I don't see that happening. No. No. So I just wonder where everybody else falls on this. Are you Catholic? What have you heard? Are you know, we're just going by our research and what others have written and making some theories of our own up along the way. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious for those who are Catholic, who are in the Catholic faith, how is this talked about in your circles, in your church? And have you ever thought about this stuff? Have you know anybody who worked at the Vatican or possibly got a peek or something? Let us know down the RH at protonmail.com. Yeah, let us know. And like I said, I want to know if you had the, the, the chronovisor, what would you go look at? What do you want to see? What is that one event? And I am going to, that's going to haunt me because I, yeah. that's the kind of thing that gets in my brain and I will be thinking about that for a while. Yeah. If I, if I told you you could have it, but you can only look at one event in history, what would you pick? I'm going to think about that and I'll report back to you. All right. So, all right. Well, you got the midweek coming up. Yep. And we will be back again next week with brand new episode. We're going to be shifting gears, going into a whole new direction, talking about something completely different. Again, happy Easter. And if you're listening to this post Easter, I hope it was great for you and your family and you had a you had a wonderful time. Yeah, email us down the RH at protonmail.com. I'm Big D. I'm Brandon. And we're out of here. See you later. <laughs>